Hey, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to another episode of This Is Life with Jamie Thorne. My guest today was Dan Mudry. Uh, I've known him for actually quite a few years. He is uh, actually better friends with my brother. But um, yeah, it was a great conversation we uh, had today. He's very open and honest uh, about his rehab journey. And uh, if you know anyone that is addicted to any opiates, alcohol, any of the above, I highly recommend they listen to this podcast. Dan is an amazing guy. He is starting to turn his life around, and it's uh, quite inspirational. Um, so, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Cheers. All right, here we go. Recording. We got D Mud in. Just talking in the sauna, cold plunge. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I am too, man. Yeah. Um, I was a little nervous. Uh, you know, go, last night I was like super pumped up, super fired up. And then, uh, yeah, this morning the nerves hit a little bit. And I think it was more or less for the cold plunge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you more were than anything else. stressed a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Is it as bad as you think it was going to be? Way less than I yeah. thought it was going to be. See, that's a yeah. good thing, though. You yeah. put yourself in that mentality of like thinking it's going to be so bad. Yeah. And then you get out, you're like, that was rough, but I did it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, I accomplished something new. I, I was expecting myself to not be able to breathe. Like when you said breathing through your nose, out your mouth, and um, that really helped calm me down. Yeah. Like the, the breathing that way, right? Um, yeah, like like I mentioned to you before about skydiving. Mm-hmm. All these things you build up in your mind of, of how it's going to go yeah. and how it's going to feel and where you're going to be mentally as you're standing on the edge of a fucking airplane about yeah. to jump out. 10,000 feet up. Yeah, it's it's couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, you know? uh, it's something I definitely want to try one day. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like blast. the whole breathing through the nose thing, that's another fascinating thing. Like if you uh, listen to Audible, you listen to James Nestor, it's, uh, it's called Breathe. Yeah. And I've talked about it a bunch of times and you're... you're the human body was designed to breathe through your nose, not your mouth. Yeah. Talk through your mouth, breathe through your nose. Yeah. Because he goes into great detail about all these different cavities that are up in here. Yeah. And drawing out more of like uh, nitric oxide out of the oxygen and stuff like that, with mm-hmm. nitrogen. But uh, yeah, like it, it's fascinating. Like, because I tape my mouth when I sleep, so I'm only breathing through my nose. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a, I go deep. That's a bold <laughs> technique, my yeah. friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I go hard. That's just who I am. Yeah, I used to do uh, like the breathe right strips and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, my ex-wife uh, got a little sick of throwing pillows at me in the middle of the night to wake <laughs> you me up. Could just snore and super loud. <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You definitely stop snoring and stuff. Like you, you just feel like a hundred percent better when you wake up. It's yeah. way better for like oral health. Yeah. Too, and like you don't have that like sticky mouth in the morning. It get yeah. better breath. Like it's, it's like across the board. It's like how you were designed. Like you can always tell, like when someone's a heavy mouth breather because like yeah. their chin will be in more, and like their whole structure of the face changes. Okay. Yeah. So if you see people like like a strong jaw and everything, like they might be more of a nose breather. Right. So it like changes like, yeah, your whole shape. Of your you ever wake up in the middle of the night or, and you can't breathe very good? No. No? Because I neti pot the shit out of my nose. Right. So I'm always like constantly salt water like through my nose and yeah. stuff to keep it clean. Yeah, I heard, actually heard you uh, mention that on the one of your podcasts I was listening to this morning and interested in it for sure. I, I've never even heard of it yeah. until you mentioned it. Yeah, because that's like one of the best areas for viruses to replicate when you get a stuffy nose they're like go time but if yeah. you're flushing your nose out and stuff like that it's yeah. a great way to like just not get sick even though i just got over being like a shitty head cold 
yeah. Elle's neti potting, like just elderberry, uh, what is it, um, oil of oregano, all these other antiviral tinctures and stuff, like yeah. no Tylenol, no Advil, no cough and cold shit, yeah. cooking myself in the sauna. Um, that was like one of the videos I did for Boreas was there's a lot of like kind of back and forth about doing the cold plunge when you are sick. So I don't do it when I'm sick because my body's already stressed from fighting yeah. something. So I don't yeah. need to stress it more with the cold. But then people are like, well, you need to do it when you're sick because of this. But I'm like, well, for me, like I'm already could be shivering. I don't want to fucking go into the cold. Right. I'll yeah. cook myself in the sauna. Yeah. But I won't do a cold plunge. Sauna is great. I, I absolutely love the sauna. Man. It's so like, addicting. It is. Yeah. It is like the feeling you get. Uh, I like it kind of intense heat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a test of all your senses. Um, I, I don't think I mentioned it while we were in there, but when I built mine, I put like, uh, it's a little rougher than yours. It's yeah. quite a bit nicer than mine. <laughs> but so I, I built like, uh, like fencing, like a chain link fence around the stovepipe. Yeah, yeah. And I filled it with rocks and I would spray it with, uh, essential oils. Oh, nice. In like a spray bottle. Yeah. And when you dump and, or I'd take like a cup and just dump water on there and you can see the steam going up to the roof and curling down and, and hitting you. Yeah. And that intensity. Oh, yeah. You're bought like whatever's going on in your life, whether it's <laughs> yeah. you just uh, got cut off in traffic, uh, your wife's mad at you, the kids, whatever. Yeah. With dog sick, whatever's going on in your life, it, it, nothing matters. Your body's in survival mode. Yeah. And, and all you're thinking about is your next breath. Fight and or flight. I, yeah, I find that to be very like um, almost almost like meditation for me. Yeah. Where you just everything else is erased from your brain and all you're thinking about is your next breath. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what it's all about for me with the sauna is I uh, like it's so intense that it's a test of multiple senses. Oh yeah. You know? And uh, I just I just love it. You come out feeling so great. And it's best on a rainy day or a snowy oh, day. Yeah. Where you can just jump. Hear out the rain. Yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah. we have a steel roof on mine, so like I'll hear the rain. Yeah. And sometimes I'll bring the phone in and listen to something. Just yeah. but my phone has to be on the ground or it won't work <laughs> because it gets so fucking hot. <laughs> yeah. But um, but sometimes I like going in there just peace and quiet, just nothing. Yeah. Just like uh, I can imagine because you're just with sur- the kids and stuff surrounded in noise. That. Yeah. Like I'm in noise all day with work. Yeah. And then noise all day when I get home. Yeah. And then it's like by eight o'clock, I'm running low on patience. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, I got to get into that fucking sauna here pretty quick. Yeah. But I've been in that thing like at least a thousand times since I built it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's I cool. mean, uh, um, the one I built, I would I, three, four days a week at least minimum, mm-hmm. sometimes five days a week, I would yeah. use it. And, uh, I absolutely love it, man. It's, uh, it, it's definitely, um, an and addicting I thing like for wood sure. burners. There's something it, yeah. about it. Yep. Just lighting a fire. Like, I still get excited. Yeah. It's like a primal the sort of instinct. Of it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's many things that I think make it more beneficial. And I've heard that the infrared is more beneficial. Like, you sweat more toxins out. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but yeah. uh, I have heard that. Yeah. Um, All the data, like, from like um, Rhonda Patrick's sort of like sauna topic on her page. Mm hmm. Like it's all done with traditional saunas because like infrared heats you from the inside out or traditional or infrared yeah, infrared is from inside out traditional yeah. is outside in, so I guess and I think infrared saunas <coughs> can be like 140 Fahrenheit, which is like seems really low. Yeah, it does. But but yeah, that was 210 yeah. Fahrenheit today. Yeah. But you start sweating pretty quick. Yeah, you, you do. Know? But I just prefer, like, the hot air, too, like, in a warm environment. Yeah. Because, like, if that was an infrared outside, like, that room could be fucking negative five in the winter. Mm-hmm. And then you're sitting there waiting for that infrared to really start sweating. To yeah. me, it's like, 
fire. It's just more of an effort. Yeah. But I'm yeah. like, I love it. And when it says 210 on the wall, um, when you get up off the bench and you stand right beside the fire, mm-hmm. it's, I would say, quite a few degrees warmer. Yeah, like that inside, says, right? that inside corner I was sitting, like, that's the hot seat. Yeah, right <laughs> like, beside the fire. Oh, yeah, right yeah. beside the fire. Because, yeah. like, I've had it so hot in there, like, like I was saying, it was, like, 114 Celsius. Like, the floor, like, you didn't want to s- stand on the floor. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is fucking a little overkill. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to burn this thing down, probably. Yeah, yeah I've done some pretty intense ones where you got to, like, I'm dumping water <laughs> on the floor just so I can stand there. Yeah, barefoot, right? that's why I have to sit on a towel half the time because yeah. it, like, burns my legs. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, there's some really cool studies out there, man, with, like, uh, we were talking with, like, addiction and anxiety and depression when it comes to hot and cold therapy. And yeah, I think it can be a lot of help to a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I know it's beneficial for me. This was actually my first cold plunge. I've done ice baths, but uh, yeah, like I said, uh, what I've worked up in my brain on my way here, I'm like, like doing these deep breaths on the drive here because I was like, (laughs) I was super intimidated about doing the cold plunge. And I walk in the door and you're like, oh, it's 37 degrees. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, because like a cold jar in your house. In the summer, it's probably 55 to 58. Yeah. And then in the winter, it might be a little chillier. Yeah. But yeah, that thing, the, the thing with that tank, like that water is the same temperature every day, all day. Yeah. And it's like that there's no forgiveness. <laughs> it's not like some days it's going to be, like some days are easier than others, but I still like, like even this 30 day cold plunge challenge I'm doing, I'm still like, fuck, man. Like I, I really don't feel like going in there today. Yeah. But then that's the one of the clips I did marketing was like you're gonna have days where you're gonna go fuck this yeah like i don't want to do it those are the most important days those are the most important days to do it i'm like hey it's three minutes yeah like what percentage of your day is three minutes yeah like i don't even know what it's pretty small it's pretty small percentage like two percent of your fucking day and those are that like you know for you know being in recovery days like that are the most important days to test to to you know push forward Mm -hmm. and to keep persevering through whatever it is in your day right yeah um something bothers you what's going on like some days you're probably like i'm not jumping in this fucking thing yeah but once you get out you're you just this sense of accomplishment this sense of you know you know i did it and i can do fucking anything yeah you know yeah if you can overcome just a simple thing as like cold water yeah which most people wouldn't think like oh it's just water it's like well you haven't done it yeah like that's why the first thing i noticed was my feet and my knees yeah. Like going numb almost, right? Yeah. And like it was pretty like uh pretty intense pain. Yeah. Like uh in the knees and the feet. Um before we even went in the sauna, you were like, put your hand in. And I put my hand in. <laughs> yeah. It was like like I got like arthritis in my hands a little yeah. bit. So like my hand was like Dying. to the point where I couldn't even like clinch a fist within yeah. seconds. I feel like if I have more like sore muscles or like more inflammation in my joints in certain parts of my body that's what screams at me yep. in the cold plunge where I'm like, I'm reducing it, I'm reducing it, I'm reducing <laughs> it. Like, it's going yeah. away. But yeah, I get it. Like my my feet aren't bad, but like for some reason, like, well, I think hands in general, like I put them in there maybe 20 seconds and I'm like, they're like dying. Yeah. I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah. You work with your hands too. Yeah. Right? So, so they're you know, sore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sore they're all sore. the time. Yeah. 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 Um, the one thing I wanted to ask you was with your whole recovery, do you like, is it part of the process to go back as far as you can to think of when something happened, say like during childhood 
or like I don't know how deep you go. I mean, I'm kind of a believer that um, recovery is like a fingerprint, man. It's different for everyone, yeah. and everyone's life experiences are a little bit different. So, you know, some people say, you know, AA or NA, these are the only ways to get clean sober. I love both those programs. I'm a huge part of both of them. Mm-hmm. I go to probably four or five meetings a week. And, um, you know, but I'm a believer that recovery is is an individualized thing. And um, for me, I had a lot of death and a lot of trauma in my life. Mm-hmm. And... Sometimes when you're in addiction, you play the poor me card and you play the, oh, this happened to me or this happened to me. Excuse, to me. excuse, yeah, excuse. Yeah, yeah. Like my first wife passed away and, um, you know, I, I would use that as an excuse. But the truth is I was, I was you know, using and drinking heavily um, constantly m- way before that, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, I think it goes back to childhood for sure. I think anything that, I don't know, people have personality traits or whatever – it kind of can all stem back to your childhood in some way or another. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, you know, I think for me, for a lot of the time, I just fucking like doing drugs. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it, once it gets far enough, it's hard to, y- you don't, you don't have a choice anymore. Like once you're, once you're on a good tear, you can't get out of it. Like it's until you're for me personally, anyways, until my body shuts down, I'm on that tear because the fear of coming down and the fear of the depression and the anxiety and the stress and the guilt and the shame, mm-hmm. I know what I'm getting into when I'm on a bender. I know I know when I come down off of that how bad I'm going to feel. And yeah. the fear of that is way worse than the fear of, of anything else. Really. You're just running from it. Yeah, you're just running from it. And you're running from... You know, you're running from the past. You, you know, someone said to me that um, you're just filling a void with with booze and drugs, and I think that that is that is very true. There's a basic human need that hasn't been met mm-hmm. in some way or another, and I think that's the case for maybe not every person that has substance abuse issues, but um, for a lot of us, yeah, you know, it's just a band aid. It's it's a filling a void of something that you're not happy with inside yourself. Yeah. Because your dad passed away young, right? I was 15, yeah. yeah. He was 45. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I remember when your dad passed away. Yeah. yeah. Do you think about that? Um, I think about it. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Yeah. But like, the first time I went to treatment was uh, just over two years ago. And, um, you know, I'm 41 today. And my dad was... was uh, Is your birthday today? No, not today. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> I was like, I mean, damn, right man. <laughs> <laughs> no, my birthday's in February. And I turned uh, 42. And my dad was 45 when he passed, right? And he passed away from from alcohol. And, um, you know, so for me, I believe that if I keep going the way I was going, death is on my doorstep. I could almost smell it on myself. And yeah. sometimes, like, after a long bender and, like, you know, I know that um, I'm not far from death if I don't change my ways. Yeah. And uh, And it's not... I don't fear a lot of things. So when you go through the step work, they you write down all your fears, resentments, all that stuff. And and I, I really, truly, honestly, I can tell you right now, honestly, that I don't really fear a lot of things. Death is not one of the things that I fear. Um, I fear the ocean. I fear the dentist. <laughs> you know, I, um, I, and the biggest thing that I fear is myself. Uh, 100% that my biggest fear is myself and where I can take myself inside my mind because it's some pretty fucking dark places. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I think for most addicts, that's... You know, that's the worst of it, man, is where you are mentally. Um, the physical torture you put yourself in with booze and drugs um, can be very, very bad. Um, like alcohol, 
Um, you know, coming down off a lot of drugs, any drug really um, in excess can be terrible to come down off of. They say that opiates is really bad, dope sick, but alcohol, man, um, it's it's hell. It's pure hell trying to come down off of when you, when you go as far as myself and others have gone, right? Mm-hmm. Like hallucinations, convulsions, um, you know, shaking uncontrollably, sweating, freezing, all at the same time. It's like a horrible flu. It's like 10 times a horrible flu, right? And the only way out is more booze. Like that's yeah. the only way out. So when you're in that condition, um, you know, I've had friends come and um, and try and, you know, sort of nurse me back to health when I'm, when I'm in a place like that. And I might have two beers left in the fridge and I'm like, don't take, like I need those. You can actually die from from cutting yeah, yourself off I've heard from of alcohol right away. Yeah, right? Withdrawal is so strong. It's so it's incredibly intense, and uh, the liquor stores are are everywhere. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know what I mean. You can't. Well, it's a drug. Alcohol is one hundred percent, and 100%. it sponsors some of the biggest sports in the and world. And it's so accepted. It's so interesting. You can go to any restaurant, any bar, anywhere. You can go mm-hmm. in public and and drink yourself till you pass out. Nobody yeah. bats an eye at it, right? Um, yeah, it's kind of strange. Know, it's, it's very strange, and yeah. it's. Uh, it can be tough to deal with sometimes, but um, yeah, man, like booze is definitely probably the toughest one to kick. Uh, like booze and cocaine were my thing, and uh, you can't go to a restaurant and order a line of cocaine. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you can anywhere. You can get booze. Yeah. You just keep feeding it to you and feeding it to you and feeding it to you and feeding it to you, and um, like zero disregard for people's health and. Um, yeah, it's and where crazy. they're at mentally too, right? It's not just about physical health; it's about mental health. And I think for me personally, ab- with addiction and substance abuse, the mental health end of it is far worse than the physical health part of it. It's crazy how much your body can take, too. Oh, buddy, I've pushed like, it to the limit. Yeah, like I've pushed it to the limit. So it's pretty, um, it's pretty common for someone who agrees to go to treatment to hit the fuck it button really hard, and you want to hit, you know. For me, I, I think that, you know, when you go into treatment, for someone who really wants to be clean and sober, mm-hmm. you have this in your mind psychologically, this might be the last time I ever drink or this might be the last time I ever drug. It's a heavy load. So what does any addict want to do? They want to fucking hit it hard. Like you're the last, last hurrah, time. Right? And that's and it's pretty common for, for people going into treatment to, to go on a real fucking bad bender. I went on a six-week bender right before I went into and I hit the fucking button really hard. Six weeks. Yeah, man. Oh, and uh, I can I can show you a picture of uh, of where I was at, and uh, it was not a fucking good place. Not a happy place. Um, you know, they say in in the fellowships and programs, um, you need to find rock bottom. A lot of you've heard that, I'm sure. Yeah. You need to find a rock bottom before you can find a way up. And um, for me, um, you know, I'm very very. I'm like I I say this all the time that I'm the luckiest man on the planet. I truly believe that I am. I live in a state of gratitude all day, every day. Like, I'm happy for what I have. I'm happy for the family I have, mm-hmm. for the support I had to do what I did. Without them, I never could have done it. Um, but um, I, so my rock bottom wasn't, it wasn't a physical one. It wasn't a financial one. It wasn't uh, my friends and family walked away from me. It wasn't living on the streets. You know what I mean? So it had to be in my head. So yeah, that it was your breaking mental. point? I, I knew I needed, to, I, w- I want this. And I've always wanted to be clean and sober. The first time I went to treatment, I loved who I became. I loved that it was natural for me to help others. Mm -hmm. It feels natural. It feels, I feel at home. I feel a sense of purpose. 
when I'm talking to another addict or alcoholic yeah. and I can see something click in their head and something, even if I'm just sharing at a meeting, I can visibly see someone uptaking that information and something resonating with them. It's almost it, like a high for you. Hu- oh, huge high. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, and it's the best um, kind of high. Realistically. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Like, uh, I've said it to other people too. If you can do or say something to improve somebody's life in a positive direction, the feeling you get from that is so much more rewarding than any amount of money, any amount of, you know, sex, drugs, money, whatever, anything. Mm. There's no feeling like it. There's no way to even describe it in words. Um, It's a pretty very, very powerful feeling. Yeah. Um, Saying something or doing something that, that changes the course of somebody's life into a positive direction. Um, I'm absolutely fucking addicted to it. It's my new addiction. Yeah, like you were saying, like you have now guys calling you for help. I do. And it helps you at the same time. I do. It helps me just as much or more than it helps them, right? Um, Guys will say, hey, you know, my wife's flying off the handle or my kid's sick or whatever the situation in their life is going on. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as an addict or an alcoholic, it can be the smallest. It can be something big or it can be the smallest little detail that can set you off mentally. And that, that little set off can can put you in a spiral and you can get locked into a real bad headspace really quick, mm-hmm. especially with a short amount of clean time. For me personally, I've, I've had that where um, I would have like a month or two months clean and I would go to a meeting and it would be a great meeting. I'd share everyone and other people would share and it would just be this super positive environment and experience. And then after leaving that, I would pick up and use right after the best meeting of my life. And right after, like, this amazing family dinner or this successful feeling, whatever, maybe be business, whatever it is, when you get on that high of happiness, that can crash down real quick. And I know for me personally, that is the danger zone. I need to keep myself balanced. Mm -hmm. When I get too happy or too excited about something, I know now through my experiences at this treatment center I went to, um, I learned a lot about self-sabotage, about behavioral patterns, um, about relapse prevention, um, about coping with loss in your life. I learned so much about myself. Um, so there's one day um, when uh, my roommate graduated out and then it was about three days later, I went to my counselor and said, look, man, I live at home. I can't, st- like, I need some privacy. I'm not going to make it this 72 days without some fucking privacy, right? Yeah. So I went to him and had this deep conversation with my counselor. I can't guarantee you I can get you the whole time by yourself but um he's like i might buy you five days or a week it's a very busy place revolving door people coming and going and so as i left on cloud nine his office i went directly down to my room and they already had been moving somebody into my room and i and i went from this cloud nine happiness to a bitter um like i just went to a rage session instantly hmm. like a like the flick of a light switch and I went outside and I went out front and I had a smoke and I'm standing out on the road and I'm thinking to myself, have I been like this my whole life? I've been this for years. Have I been this person where I can go from s- cloud nine happiness to instant rage session? The answer is yes, right? Like I, I can turn from that happy to in my head in a negative way, like the flick of a light switch. And uh, it scared the shit out of me when I came to that realization that, that I, I can change mentally that quickly you can't change back that well, you, quickly like you can't go from rage session to cloud nine happiness like a flick of a light switch well you're just saying like the fear is getting to know yourself so like that 
popped into your head like right there like fuck of this is this who i am yeah 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 and a lot of things yeah like i read this book called the mountain is you and it's turning self-sabotage into self-mastery and as i was reading that book light bulbs are going off i did all those things i had all those symptoms i did all that shit when things are getting too good you like um for me i never like I had a lot of happy moments. I've I've been very lucky. I've had a lot of happy moments in my life. Mm-hmm. I've had I have great friends. I have great family. I was never truly happy with myself inside, and um and so I would always sabotage things like uh, self or subconsciously, and I never really knew I was aware that I was doing it for many many years. And after going through this experience, reading that book and many others, um. Wow, did I ever self sabotage? Like it was, it was clear to me. These light bulbs were just going mm-hmm. off, like holy shit. And now that I'm aware that um, when I'm really, really happy, I sabotage that because I'm, I'm scared of the happiness. I'm scared of the success. Scared of the light. Scared, exactly. Scared of the light, right? And yeah. uh, it's a pretty profound thing when you, when you um, realize that why, why are you so scared of these things? You yeah. have to ask why. And then when you get to the answer of why, you ask why again, and you ask why again. You got to go so so deep um, to yourself, and that's what it. That's what recovery is about. It's about you. It's yeah. not about the people around you. It's not about the things that frustrate you. It's not about the loss, the pain, the struggle, the fucking tragedy. It's not about any of that. It's about you. It's about your head. It's about your heart, and it's about you know like you have to find contentment and happiness within yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you don't very few people i think um are gonna have success in recovery if they don't find that contentment within their self well success in life in general even not addiction if you don't love yourself it's like like and you're gonna have good days bad days of course but it's yeah. like but i th- like understanding yourself that's a cool thing i found about getting older because that's when you kind of yeah. like truly discover like what you really like yeah or like with your partner what you really like yeah. about each other and all this type of stuff and learning new things and trying new things you're like yeah. Oh, this is kind of fucking cool. I never saw this side of me before. Mm-hmm. You know, like that comes out. I think as you age, like trying to explain this to like a twenty-year-old, good fucking luck. Through. Good yeah. fucking luck. You're not gonna get through. You know, like you're for an sure. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like we are yeah. all idiots. Yeah. Like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that was top of that list for <laughs> yeah. sure, buddy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think with age, for sure, that comes. But um, it's super exciting, and uh, learning about yourself and mm-hmm. learning what makes you tick, and yeah. and being truly honest with yourself about the person you want to be and the life you want to live and the people you want to surround yourself. Um, I'm into this book right now called Authentic, just to the tail end of it. And um, living an authentic life, um, I think, is a struggle for a lot of fucking people. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think very, very few people actually are 100% authentic and true to themselves. Yeah. Um, they might be people pleasers. They might be addicted to substances, whatever. Everyone's got something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but being true to yourself, I think, is so important. And being honest with yourself. If you can be honest with people at these NA meetings, these AA meetings, whatever it is, sexaholics, gambling, all, everything, right? You, it's all a lot of people in there, and, and maybe not a lot, but I've seen it. It's just lip service. They're in there saying what you want to hear. They're in there saying what people think wants to be said. doesn't change anything. But it's not going to change anything, right? It, it has to come from inside your heart, inside your head. Yeah. And you have to be honest with yourself. And going through a set of steps, I've done three sets of steps with AA. Um, with my sponsor, we're just about to start uh, NA steps, and uh, I'm, d- I'm dying to dive into it. It's very similar, 
but uh, I haven't done the NA, so I can't really speak too much on it. But um, the AA steps, it, it, I think it could be beneficial for anyone, whether you have substance abuse issues or not. What you're doing is taking a hard look at yourself mm-hmm. in the mirror. The resentments you've had all the way back to childhood, even this old guy had a resentment from before he was born. Write it down. I know I can hmm. see the look on your face. It's confusing when you first hear it. Mm-hmm. And you have to find out what your part in that was. So um, his resentment was for the doctor that misdiagnosed his mom with whatever. And she had an early um, early delivery, like she was induced for um, for early delivery. Yeah. And uh, so that he had this resentment towards his doctor. He wasn't even born yet. Right. And he's held this resentment towards the doctor because uh, his mom had health issues because of this misdiagnosis. And so she had health issues throughout the following years because of this. And um, and so his part in that is that he kind of used that as an excuse to keep using and drinking. So it's 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 hard to find your part in some of these things that have happened. Say you were abused as a kid or sexually, mentally, physically, whatever. Some of the things that happened to you as a child, you don't have any control over. It wasn't your fault, mm-hmm. but but you're still using these things. Yeah, manifesting to keep yourself in addiction. You do pulling the poor me card or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, and it's hard to find your part in some of these things. But once you break it down and get to the end, and you get to the fears section, pretty much every decision anyone ever makes in their life boils down to a fear: fear of rejection, fear of Whatever. Fear of failure, fear of fear failure, of fear of embarrassment, fear yeah. of whatever. That's a good and, point. And if yeah. you and once you go through these steps and get to the fear section, you can trace it right back to every single resentment. And once you start writing these fears down, you see, you can feel these resentments melting away, right? And the last set of steps I did I was super thorough. Um, I, I the first set I did in treatment, I think I had like seven resentments, right? So you have to take a really good look and be very honest. Someone cut you off in traffic eight years ago. Get it down on the fucking page. Maybe you still don't hold a resentment, but it's something that bothered you that day. Yeah, it floats around in your head sometimes. Yeah, subconsciously, whatever, right? Get it down on paper. Uh, so I did that. I think I had 97 resentments on the last one. And I went as detailed as I could down to things that I probably shouldn't be admitting or saying to anyone ever. <laughs> but 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 that's the whole point, right? Yeah, you got to get rid of it. You have to let it out. And um, floodgates open. Then I relapsed a few weeks later, and my my sponsor at the time was like, "What did you leave out?" I'm like, "Nothing, man." And like, and it took me a couple of weeks of mulling it over and thinking and thinking and thinking. What I left off that page was forgiving myself. Mm. You know, I forgave everyone else. I don't hold resentments to anyone for anything anymore. Yeah, um, it was to myself. There's certain circumstances and incidents and tragedies in my life that. Uh, whether if I could have been there or if I wasn't there or if something was different, it, it was myself or some of the things in a past life. When I was younger, we did a lot of crime, stuff like that. You know, things that went on that I never forgave myself for. You have to forgive yourself for some of the things that have gone on in your life, whatever it may be, right? Yeah, if you can't take care of yourself, how are you going to take care of others? Yeah, and if you resent yourself and haven't forgiven yourself, or love yourself, you truly can't move forward from any of this shit. You might for a day, a month, a year, 10 years, eventually it's going to bite you because you haven't let go, truly let go of that shit. So being completely truthful and honest with yourself is the key to recovery, in my opinion. Yeah, I bet you a lot of people have a fairly big list. 
even with no addictions. Yeah, like I like I mentioned, going through. I, the I'm steps, sure I got a few. <laughs> I, everyone does. Everybody does. Everyone yeah. does, right? I think that those steps could be beneficial for anyone, whether whether you have substance abuse issues, whether you're a sexaholic, gamblers, even if you don't have any true addictions, taking a hard look at yourself is beneficial. Mm-hmm. I think psychologically for anyone. Yeah, like they even say that about like if you don't feel like you need to go to counseling, just go. Yeah, and sort of see what comes out. Yeah, and go. Oh shit, I do have some fucking darkness in there somewhere. Yeah, I think everyone's got a little darkness somewhere, right? Yeah. Some people hide it better. Some people control it better. Some people handle it better. But there's some beneficial to everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. So were there times like where, uh, I guess, like how long were you addicted to substances for? Well, um, right now I'm, I'm. This is the longest stretch of sobriety I've had since I was probably twelve or thirteen years old. So, okay, so yeah, twelve or thirteen. If so, I'm being one hundred percent honest, yeah. which I think is important. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> um, so, were there times like where you were like in a relationship and everything was going good and you're on a high, and yep. then something would happen and then you just crash back down and kind of then rebuild the steps back up and um, then crash back down like a roller coaster? Oh, yeah, it's all it is. is a roller coaster for sure. Um, you know, through relationships, there would be times when there was good, um, times when I was super happy. But again, like I, I said before, the self-sabotage, some of these things about um, that particular topic, self-sabotage, I was not aware of that I was even doing. I wasn't even aware that it was a thing, but I was doing it. So any time mm. where I did have times in my life, relationships or whatever, that were really great. Maybe I was making a bunch of money, whatever the situation was that, that I felt happy on the surface. But I was never truly happy inside myself. I say that to my ex all the time. We were together nine and a half years, something like that. And and there were some great times. Mm-hmm. Like we were inseparable. We were a team. Yeah. And um, but I was never content or happy with myself. We I was I think we were both very codependent. Yeah. Um you know, I don't know if she was necessarily enabling me, I guess, sometimes, but um, there was a lot of really, really happy moments and happy things that, that, that went on, but there was always that darkness inside. There was always that. And I, we, it's funny because we actually called it the dark side when I, when I would drink and I would have a certain, I would pass that threshold of too much. Yeah. And I would go to the dark side. That's what kind of what we called I it. I think a lot of people do that. I think a lot of people, or the people dark side. that won't admit it, do it for sure. Like you can see people after they've had a few drinks, it's like a glaze in their eyes. You're like, yeah. oh, we lost him. Yeah. Like he's now he's going to be a dick. Now he's going to fucking do something stupid. Yeah. He's going to lip someone off. Yeah. It's like, oh, we lost him. Yeah. He's past that point. Yeah. He's past like that you point. Said, you can see it. In you their can eyes, see it in their right? eyes. Like they come like, like they almost look like bare eyes, just dead inside. Yeah. Just fucking looking at you like nothing. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah. You know, as youngsters, we all did it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I guess I can't speak for anyone, everyone, but um, for myself and the crowd I was around, we all we all had our times where oh, yeah. that darkness came out, and where we had to like, okay, this person is gonna fucking lose his shit. He's gonna get in his car and drive drunk, whatever. He can't. He's, he's past the point of mm-hmm. he's not in control of. of what's yeah, going we're gonna have to now. fight him to get him home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and many many times we <laughs> did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I was never like I. I was just a weekend warrior. But like yeah. during the week, it was nothing but work and gym. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, like even though like there's a few times where my dad was like, "You need to settle down," like, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I know." But that yeah. was after like a good buddy passing, and then we all got together every night and would drink, and it was just like, but it was only for like a few weeks. Yeah, and then like my dad was like, you know, 
stop. And I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I knew I knew what I was doing was wrong. And I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, I know. Just a little 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 phase. Yeah. And then I'm laying all back to normal. Pulling the reins a little bit. Yeah, like yeah. just but I had that self control where I was just like, no, like yeah. and that's where like I like I look around at like so many people and it's like I'm just surprised at how many of us made it through like yeah, the teenage man. years and like our twenties and stuff, yeah. you know, and stuff. And I'll be thirty seven. I don't know, in like a couple of weeks, but it's like yeah, still young, but yeah, not not the forties yet, but like yeah, hold on I'm to like that. hold on, yeah, that, yeah, that's why I do fucking hot and cold to stay young. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, like I'm like man, like most of us made it, but I'm like I don't know how. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know fucking how. Yeah, hey, I look made back it. at some of the the core group of friends that I have. Um, you know, we lost a few, but um, but the main core we're we're still there, and we still. Yeah. You know, I still talk fairly frequently with 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 quite a few of them. Yeah, and um, yeah, it feels good. Like sometimes we're like, you know, gray hair. Some of us, and uh, yeah. you know, not myself. I look much younger yeah. than I am. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, you know, and we we laugh, we joke, we reminisce, and we look back at photos when we were in our teens or early twenties, and we're like, holy fuck, yeah, wow, yeah, they'll pop up. And yeah, be like. Pfft. Wow, yeah. 15 years ago? Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Actually, yeah, it's funny. Just Halloween, um, I get right into the pumpkin carving. Yeah. I'm a huge pumpkin carver, so <laughs> I do I do portraits. Yeah, My mom's cool. an amazing pumpkin carver, so my brother sent me this picture, and I think it was a Facebook memory. I'm no, I don't do the social media thing. Yeah. I never have, but I guess it was like a Facebook memory yeah, thing it pops 15 up. years ago yeah. today or whatever. So I think it was uh, October 8th or whatever day it was, and... Um, so it was these, this picture of Barack Obama and John. This is when Barack Obama was running for president. Yeah. And so we found these stencils online, and we're like, fuck it, we're going to do this. Yeah. So I did this pumpkin stencil, uh, printed it out, whatever. We, we carved it with the, with the methods they advise online. We're carving this thing going, this is going to look like shit. <laughs> we put a light under it, and holy cow. This like thing money. Yeah, it just blew us away. So we've been doing pumpkin carvings ever since then. And um, I did... Um, um, I did Elvis this year. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty That's cool. sweet. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So I know my kids always ask me to do them with them, and then I kind of push them aside because I want it to look good. So I'm like, <laughs> get out of here! I want to do this. I'm like, next year I might get my own fucking pumpkin. Because <laughs> like Wilder, my youngest, he's like, I'm like, you want to carve like you know, cap or iron Iron Man or something like that. Yeah. And so he chose Iron Man, and so it's just his helmet. But some of them online, I was like, holy shit! It's not as hard as you would think. Yeah, like I have the finesse and the patience probably to do it. Yeah. So next year I'm gonna be like, you know what? I'm gonna get my own fucking pumpkin. Yeah, well, you leave me alone. Let me fucking do this. Yes, yeah. like, it takes time and patience, right? Yeah. And I can see with some of the work that you've done, like the finishing work, right? You'd yeah. probably be really good at. Well, it. we have like a little <laughs> battery powered, tiny little sawzall, so it's like, yeah. but like, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's awesome. like a form of art in a way. It is for sure. Like it's not a, to the extreme. It's almost uh, somewhat of a form of therapy and meditation. Like for me, when I can get focused on something mm -hmm. that deeply, like um, my brother Joe, he does it too, right? Oh yeah. And so we were at family dinner um, the night before, or a couple nights before Halloween on the Sunday, and uh, my brother's wife is sitting there going, "Hey, turn your pumpkin on. I'm gonna take a look." He's like, "Nope, I'm not done yet." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? And he's got this look of concentration. Yeah. On like his leave face. me alone. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and we we all get that. And when and my mom too, she's an amazing pumpkin carver. I'll show you some of the pictures later. And um, but for me, I, that is something that is very beneficial for my mental health. Mm -hmm. I get that way when I'm on the golf course. I get that way when I'm pumpkin carving, when I'm in the sauna. There's yeah. certain things that I have to do now yeah. to maintain my sobriety, and it's get out of my head. When, I, when I'm fucking thinking about certain things and 
the hamster wheel starts spinning yeah it can it can crash and burn pretty quickly right so did you um, get in like breathing and stuff like that, like meditation wise? Um, yeah, sort of. I like I'm just starting to educate myself a little more on the breathing exercises. I actually listened to um, a couple podcasts this morning, or last I fell asleep to one last night um, about breathing exercises. Yeah, yeah, and um, very interested in that and and the benefits of that. So anything I can do to improve my health, like right now, my new addiction is health and wellness. Yeah. Um. So you know definitely want to pick your brain about that a little bit more the cold plunge was awesome mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to i think that's necessary yeah most people want to do it because they don't want to be uncomfortable and that seems like society these days nobody wants to be uncomfortable nobody wants to be in pain yeah but it's like it's okay it's to be the only path to growth my yeah friend. like in my view yeah but life is so just not challenging anymore you can literally sit at home get your food ordered yeah fucking clothing amazon you know you don't even have to leave your house for work yeah it's like people are just stationary just fucking sitting still yeah and i'm like man you got to challenge yourself i find no interest in that at all no No. (laughs) like i have trouble sitting still like even in here i'm rolling back and forth (laughs) in the chair like kind of rolling back you know it's (laughs) like i just can't like because i just you know we were designed or evolution or whatever it is just to move we're designed to move yeah. You know, you're not designed to sit still. And I think that goes not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, yeah. fucking everything. Because, like, I even think back to, like, you know, who I am as a person to, like, what happened as a child. Like, you know, maybe divorced parents, having an older brother, uh, having step-siblings, to losing friends and how that changed my life to become even closer with my group of guys. And mm-hmm. I kind of, like, I like going back and picking apart my past and go, oh, that's why I think like this. That's right. why I think like this. Like, you know, that one summer where this is something I'm pretty sure was you, but something I'll never forget was when Gemma passed away. Yeah. And that was that was a rough one because that was the summer of 07 where my good friend Paul died and then Keith died and yeah. then Gemma died. So yeah. that was a horrible summer for a it lot of people. for in a lot of us, yeah. And, uh I think we, me and my buddy T-Mac, because we grew up with Gemma and stuff like that, and we went to where the hot air balloon landed at the Hazelmere, and I think I remember seeing you in a chair just losing your shit. Yeah. And it's something that's, like, kind of, like, ingrained in my head, is, like, I remember seeing you, and I'm just, like, and me and T-Mac were standing there, and that was the third person we lost literally in, like, three months, and we looked at each other, and we're, like, were we different before this? Like, I felt like a different person. Yeah. And I was like, was I different four months ago? Because, sure you were. like, now, like, I feel like life's too good and, and I haven't lost anyone for a decent amount of years. Mm-hmm. You know, besides, like, my grandma passed when she was 100, 100 years and 19 days, which that's, that's a fucking stretch. That's impressive. You know, that's a stretch. <laughs> so she lived a good life. Yeah. You know, when she passed, it's like, oh, you know, time to go. Yeah, but uh, I feel like when I haven't lost anyone for a couple years, I feel like it's due. I'm like fuck, but I know why I think like this. Yeah, you know. But that's like a kind of just like how my mind works. Like I was mm-hmm. afraid to miss a phone call for many years because mm-hmm. every time I missed a call, I'd be like, "Fuck, who else died?" Yeah, you know. That's how just my mind started yeah. fucking ticking and ticking. When I get stuff. a call in the middle of the night or or like a, a panicky voice on the other or the other end. I still to this day instantly instantly yeah. think fuck like the other day um I got a call from my brother and it was uh, and it was happy news and he's like where are you who are you with when he said that to me I instantly went to panic mode like tightened up yeah yeah short of breath still to this day that happens right mm-hmm. um 
you know, I don't know if that'll ever go away. Yeah, I don't know. Um, like I, I know, um, being clean and sober and a lot more mentally strong now. Um, when he did say that, um, my mind went to something negative right away, but I also wasn't like super panicky about it. Well, you recognize it now. Yes. You're like, and oh, I know what you're it. fucking doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's how like I had really bad anxiety when I was like 25, 26. Mm-hmm. I lost 10, 12 pounds. It was hard for me to go out in public and we were still going to the bars and stuff. And I had a hard time. Like I, it was a hard time going out in public. And I recognized it though. Finally, I did a couple, bunch of counseling sessions. I went to a natural path. Katie helped mm-hmm. me through it. Some friends helped me through it. Because mm-hmm. like you're afraid to tell people, like, hey, I didn't know what it was. I was like, why am I fucking freaking out right now? Why does my body feel so weird? Why does it mm-hmm. feel like I'm going to throw up every five seconds? Mm-hmm. Why can't I fucking eat? And, um, But I just I came not to fear it. I let yeah. go of the fear. And if it ever did pop up, I'm like, oh, this. Yeah, do your thing. Yeah. Like, I would let it run its course, and, like, 30 seconds later, it'd be gone. If you lose the fear of it, I think that that with some ailments like anxiety and stress, like, it, it doesn't even happen anymore because you don't fear it anymore. Yeah. It's a bit of a psychological Like you said before, fault. like, fear is yeah. the one that dictates a lot of decisions. A lot of decisions So when it life. comes to letting go of fear with anxiety, for me at least, I've mm-hmm. never experienced any other really heavy emotion besides that. Um, I just, like, let it go. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, whatever. Now yeah. it's like, I don't even think it happens. And even if it does happen, uh, I think that, I don't know if it's just where society is now or us getting older or whatever. It's a lot more acceptable to talk and say, hey, look, I'm struggling today. Yeah, I, I felt weak. Help. Like right. the counselor's like, like as soon as I sat down, I just broke. Yeah. Like my fucking tears were flowing. I was like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Yeah. And he's just like, let it go. He's like, let it go. No judgment, blah, blah, blah couple sessions in he's like you need to tell your friends yeah. he's like because i'm like i don't i'm fucking embarrassed i'm like i'm a wreck and i yeah. don't know why like it's probably because losing a lot of friends and stuff like that and uh but yeah like I, I eventually had to sit down like my good group of guys and i just broke again and everyone's looking at me like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah and i was like this is what's going on i have a hard time coming out so eventually like if i was at my house getting ready and getting all nervous I would call like a buddy and be like, Hey, I'm kind of freaking. Hey man, you're good, man. You're coming out tonight. Yeah. We're going to head to Mike's. We're going to have a couple of drinks. We're going to fucking citrus. Like yeah. we're going out tonight. Yeah. I'm like, okay, <laughs> get there. I've got, like alcohol, like helped. Yeah. For me, like it helps break the nerves. Yeah. Like it kind of broke it, it for me for a long time. But yeah, I find for myself now, uh, I had this, thought in my mind that like before we go out, we'd have pre-drinks mm-hmm. and then we go to a bar and have a couple shots whatever trying to loosen the nerves yep. for me and and i'm finding now i don't know if it's age or whatever but i'm way more confident sober like those nerves are not they're gone they're not yeah. even there when i go out in public or i speak publicly there's no nerves at all and it's and before it was like i would need like at my brother's wedding i'm Pounding drinks. Yeah. Just to try and, you know, because I know I got to do a speech. Yeah. Right. I kept it super simple, forgot half of it, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the usual <laughs> protocol. But um, but they loved it. It made the bride smile. Um, nice. I think that's the point of a speech at a wedding is to yeah. make the bride smile. But, um, but, uh, but I had this in my mind that I needed to drink to kill the nerves. And for me, it's the exact opposite now. Yeah. If I have a drink or do a drug, you want to be dead I'm sober. Fucking panicking, right? Yeah. Like, and and I think once for me, once I had a stretch of sobriety, and I went through treatment the first time, 
You know, people talk about shame and guilt and regret and all these things that you have on hangover or after a bender or whatever. Once you go through treatment and you have a stretch with sobriety and you see that pride in your family and friends' eyes and they're so proud of you and they tell you, once you fall off the wagon and, and you go down a bad path again, the guilt and shame and regret is like... The show in your face around like them again. It's like a thousand times worse. Yeah. Right? I imagine. Like, um, treatment... Um, and these programs and stuff, they've ruined drinking and using. Like, none of my friends will drink with me. None of my friends will do drugs with me, right? So I got, I either have to isolate or go to some sketchy-ass fucking strangers, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm, when I'm drinking or drugging, it's completely alone. I barricade myself. I don't answer my phone. I don't answer my door. Um, and it's because the people in my life, they love me and they care about me. They're not going to drink and use with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like even to this day at family dinners, my mom will have the Heineken zeros in the fridge. And I'm like, if you guys want to have a fucking beer, have a fucking beer. It's not going to bother me. Right. Yeah. Um, they respect what I'm doing and they support what I'm doing. And I respect that. Yeah. But at the same time, um, sometimes it can be a little frustrating or annoying when someone's like, Hey, is it okay if I have a drink? Is this going to bother you if I, you know what I mean? Like, like, stop asking. They treat you like a fucking alien. Like a child. You know? Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. And that can be, I, I've learned through my second round of treatment and um, through some of the counseling and therapy that I've done to let that shit go. That's what's going on in their head. Yeah. So if you let it bother you in your head, um, you know, it's it, the addiction's winning. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you can turn that off, um, you're going to have success in recovery. Yeah, like my my cousin did recovery for like ten years, and I, I was still young and drinking, and he was sitting beside me up in my cabin. Yeah, and I like put a beer under the table, and I was like trying to cough to like open up a beer, and he's <laughs> yeah. like, "Don't fucking worry about it, you idiot." I'm like, "Oh, thank God!" <laughs> I was just yeah. like and slam funny. a beer in front of him. I'm like, yeah. "Sorry, man, but I'm ready to go." <laughs> like, it's funny how some people um, build this up into their mind where they're very tentative and they're very scared to it's like walking have a on beer glass, order a drink in a restaurant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it doesn't need to be. Yeah, that's that's what I try and tell people. You don't need to f- treat me like an alien or feel like you're walking on glass. Yeah, right. Um, if if it's gonna bother me or if I'm uncomfortable, I will tell you. Yeah. And anyone that's comfortable in their own skin or comfortable in their recovery or in their sobriety, they are upfront and open about these types of things, right? Mm-hmm. If they get into a situation where they're uncomfortable, they'll leave. Yeah, like, that's I very can't important. be here. Or they'll say, Yeah, look, hey, I'm uncomfortable, I gotta go. Or right, or hey, can you put that fucking bottle of tequila away? <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever the situation is, right? Yeah. Um I think most, most part, people are respected too. Uh yeah, and if they don't, they're not someone you want in your life. Yeah, you like we were I mean? talking in the sauna there, like, you know, you might have to let go of some friendships, yeah. all that type of stuff. Because I know guys like that that's they don't hang out with each other anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just like, yeah, like if you're trying to better yourself and we've been friends for fifteen years, but you can't yeah. be around at this setting anymore with all the guys like i get it but don't forget that we're still friends yeah like i can easily go up for dinner and not have a drink i'm fine with just give me a lemon water yeah i'm totally lemon fucking water is my thing too. you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah. like i love drinking kombucha like i drink, drink kombucha yeah, yeah it's super that, yeah. good for you yeah. too right? i love it and i love the taste of it yeah me too um so yeah it's like there's other things you can drink it doesn't have to be alcohol yeah but it's just so like you said it's so socially acceptable to yeah. go out in public and be shit faced. Yeah. It's kind of I mean, like there's youngster, no other drug. I think you have fun doing that. A lot of like I've had a lot of memories, a lot of great times, a lot of fun um drinking heavily. Um once it's when it loses its fun. So mm-hmm. uh, about three years ago or whatever, I was I was in Thailand with my ex and we had one other friend 
and you know they're a couple years older than me and they they've they're a lot more well traveled than me and they're like do we really need to fucking drink heavily every night like do we need to take it to that level every night and so we would relax and they hear there and i'm like hey I need to fucking tie one on. Like, this is boring as fuck. Yeah, let's right? go. Yeah, let's fucking go. <laughs> let's and go. I'm like, we, we sing to every song. We dance. We have so much more fun when we're drinking. But now I'm like, I have way more fun sober. I have fun every single day. I When I go to an NA meeting or an AA meeting, we're smiling. We're joking. We're laughing. We have a great fucking time. Yeah. Completely sober. And, yeah. I, and I find that life is so much more fun and so much easier and, and my confidence is so much higher. I can go into public and speak with a complete stranger, no problem. Whereas before when I was in addiction or drinking or doing drugs, it was like, no fucking way am I going out in public to like speak to a stranger. Yeah. You know, so I, like I'm just having so much more fun in life. That's good though, man. Yeah. Fucking turn a new page. It's time. Yeah, you know, I've had all the fun there is to fucking have with booze and cocaine, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I'm ready to fucking um, to live a different life, and I want it. I'm happy with with where I'm at. Yeah, and um, all the pain and struggle and suffering and tragedy, I look at it as a gift now. You know, I truly do. It took me a long time to to get to. Well, they're just point. now examples of what not to do. Yeah, 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 and it's well. The cool thing now is like. You know, you're getting into this whole health and wellness thing. And, like, like if it was – I'll kind of put myself in your shoes. But it's, like, now I'd be, like, all right, I'm getting my mind right. And what comes with that is, like, all right, starting to train. Mm-hmm. Fucking picking the weights back up, going for runs, doing hot, cold therapy. Mm-hmm. Like, I would, like, get a fucking trainer, do, like, a body assessment, assess the issues, knees, shoulders, back, whatever. I'm sure mm-hmm. there's something going on. Most people have fucking problems. Yeah. So it's like assess those, strengthen the weak muscles, stretch the tight ones, balance your body out, Yeah. like everything out. Like you're talking about grounding, you know, going for walks in the woods, like whatever you need to do. I'm ready to take it to the next level yeah, physically like, and mentally. Yeah. Right? And like there's no better way of keeping your mind right with fucking working out. Yeah. Because you got some demons going on in your head. You have a good session in the gym. You're fucking getting strong. You get a yeah. pump on. Yeah. All that shit just fucking open up the door and go, fuck you. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. Like you can be in a shitty mood and you can go jump in that cold plunge and that dopamine rush, bam, instantly good mood. Go hit the gym, yeah. get the pump, boom, back in a good mood. Because yeah. everybody has those inner demons. Oh, you know? for sure. Some people have more than others. Yeah. But it's like a lot of podcasts that I listen to, they're like, if you if I don't work out, they become like a less nicer person. They get yeah. frustrated easier. Mm-hmm. They have less patience with their yeah. kids. I'm like, on days where I'm like, yeah, you know what? I might not work out today. I'm pretty sore. I feel a bit more on edge. I'm a little more tweaky i'm like oh fuck like i can feel it like if i don't it's rare but it's like if i miss the sauna for two or three nights i'm like fuck like my body hurts more and i'm like this shit this lifestyle that i live now is fucking necessary yeah you know what i mean like even like i'm going up to kamloops on tuesday and going hunting for five days and i cannot wait because katie's parents have uh, a bunch of acreage up on campbell lake oh yeah and it's like we wrapped a the shipping container into a mini home they put it on a foundation and i was up there in the summer and i finished off the basement did all the flooring drywall cabinets fucking a ton of stuff but there's no cell service there's no netflix there's no nothing yeah i was i was just was asking like, is it the thrill of the hunt or is it or is it the disconnection it's from, both being yeah. in the woods yeah where you hear nothing it's so like an eerie quiet yeah and it's like that ancestry comes out in you what yeah. your answers are used to do to survive yeah. kind of pops back in your head and 
you're gonna you're walking around all quiet. You know, you got a rifle <laughs> or a bow, whatever you have. It's just like it's it's one of the funnest experiences you can possibly do. You get back out in the wilderness, you know, you head back to the to the cabin, you have no cell service. You have to walk yeah. up to the entrance to get one bar. You may get three G. You can barely yeah. FaceTime. You can't even send a picture. Yeah. So I'll call the family, walk back, boom, no service. We have a TV <laughs> with DVDs, the kitchen and a basement, and you know, a shower. Yeah. You just the sit basics. on the balcony and you just look at the lake. Quiet and and silence. Dead and silence. You can hear birds and oh. you can hear rustling in the bush, whether it's whatever animal it yeah. is. Right? Like when I was working Super up peaceful. there, it was like get up, eat, go work lunch back to work and it's like all you do is work mm -hmm. so i'd work till like six and then like i had a routine where it's like as soon as i like got off my work clothes like uh, the on-demand wasn't hooked up yet so i'd have a cold plunge in the tub <laughs> and it's well up there and like the water is fucking cold it's probably like 44 43 which is pretty yeah. cold for tap water yeah, it's, pretty cold, it's yeah. cold yeah so i'd cool down because it's the summertime calendars gets pretty warm yeah and it was pretty smoky up there it kind of sucked and uh but I would pour myself a bourbon and sit on the front deck and just sit there in complete silence and then make dinner, put on a DVD. And it's like old school. I was watching like American Pie, <laughs> fucking yeah. iRobot, like the classics. Yeah. You're like, fuck, yeah, I'm watching these. <laughs> and then I have a glass of wine with dinner and then I just go to bed. And like, I loved it. Like, I miss the kids and everything and the wife. But like, the I was disconnection like, oh, man. from the phone and from technology. Um, so we have a, a friend. Um, Stevie and he's got a cabin, uh, Marshall Lake, and it's the same way. No cell service, no yeah. nothing. So once you once you pass Lillooette, you're like you're out there. Mm -hmm. It's like an hour out in the bush from there, nice. and um, that's the best part about it. Yeah, is that there's no cell service. Like you, once like the day we leave, we drive back into town, and when you turn your phone back on, it's like bling bling bling. Oh bling, yeah, three hundred fucking voices. Yeah, yeah, shit. Like fuck, I just want to turn around and go back to the cabin. Yeah, there's something about that lifestyle where even we were out to dinner last night before we went to Cirque du Soleil and um, we were talking, my buddy Skyler, and he he hunts, but not as much in the last couple of years, but he has a place up in 100 Mile. And he showed me the pictures. I'm like, dude, why don't we go fucking hunt up at your cabin? He's like, you know what, next year, let's go. I'm like, yeah, let's go in the rut. Yeah. Fucking beginning of November, yeah. let's head up to your place. And well, What do you got for? What do you hunt for? Usually depends on. Uh, yeah, like last year I had a moose tag, but we saw no moose. But this year it'd be bear, mule deer, and whitetail. Oh yeah. So yeah. But I haven't shot anything yet. So no eh? No, yeah. It's been a few years, and it's like I just got a new rifle uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. So I went up to Squamish with a buddy and zeroed it in. Mm -hmm. And um, like I'm not used to being around guns, so I'm still kind of pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. But we shot about twenty rounds, and the last three I shot. Two were bullseye and one just outside, so it was like pretty good zeroed in. But this time I get to be out in the woods with a rifle instead of a bow. Yeah. Um. So as you're a little more confident, you can shoot stuff, you know, two, three hundred yards away. And like the bow, I got to be within like forty yards. Yeah. So it's like uh, with a bear and shit like that, dude. That's it's gets close. Pretty it's fucking yeah. close. Yeah. But um, I feel a little more safe too because there's some big cats up there, which yeah. I'd be more worried about than a bear. I think it sucks well, either way sure. if those things are coming at you. But <laughs> I'm a little more confident if I can just fucking hold up a rifle and not be shaken so yeah. bad. Yeah. But it's just, I just love, I just love being out in the woods, man. It's yeah. just so nice because it's like the time of year where like the trees are changing, the leaves it's are falling. It's fucking there. gorgeous, yeah. man. Like, yeah, we did a hunt up in um, me and my brother-in-law. We went up to, we were like, 
we crossed over into Alberta. And we were like 11 miles from Montana. Yeah, we're up in yeah. the Kootenays. And like, uh, it was like the most beautiful area yeah. I've ever, like, I was like, this is, place is fucking amazing. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah. Like his uncle was like, yeah, Montana's like 11 miles that way. I'm like, where the fuck are we? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I've never been there. It was like a 10 and a half hour drive. Yeah. And we took like my white Sprinter van. So it was awesome. Yeah. And it was like, we were hunting in like spring gear in like November. I was like, this is fucking awesome. Oh, it's beautiful this time of year, man. It's like my favorite time of year. Yeah. You find that uh, the seasons are fucking changing compared to when we were kids. This summer, like it, I felt like it was nice since May up until like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm. I'm like, it's kind of nice. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm all for global warming. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's kind of fucking nice. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've said to to quite a few people that it's almost like when we were younger, it was like you would get two weeks of hot sun, and yeah, then in the in winter August. you would get two weeks of really cold. Yeah, and now it's almost the opposite. You get like two weeks of spring and two weeks of fall. Either that, or it's really hot or really cold. And yeah. So the last couple of years, um, you know, I, I've lived kind of. Up in the hills a little bit. In yeah. the last quite a few years now. Well, you so. see way more weather than what we see here because you're on the backside of the you're in the mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do, but still, like, um, I think it was it last year, and it was it was like hot until like October 25th, and it was like it felt like this year too. Yeah, like even though we just had that stretch of like negative two, negative three in the morning. Yeah, but that was only because it was clear. Yeah, you know, yeah. if it was the cloudy, it'd be. 10 degrees in the yeah. morning. And then when it clouds over, it's instantly warmer. Yeah, yeah, it's just an insulator. But yeah, like, yeah, the weather was interesting this year for sure. I'm kind of curious yeah. to see what winter will be like. Man, I, I was uh, talking with someone the other day about prepping for winter. So I live in a trailer, and when it's winter time and it's oh, winter, yeah. it's trailer living. And, oh, man, I can <laughs> tell you, it fucking sucks balls. So when it, when it gets really cold and bitter, you walk outside, you open your door, you got three feet of snow. There's no getting away from it, mm-hmm. right? It sucks. So this year, um, like I'm going to prep as much as I possibly can mm-hmm. and just be as ready as I can. And I have a feeling that it ain't going to fucking snow and get cold. <laughs> I don't I, know. I've heard both. I heard it's supposed to be a warmer wet, and then a buddy's like, no, it's supposed to be like a lot of snow. I'm like, well, it's going to be what it's going to be, so whatever. Yeah. Like, Yeah, and you're totally right. Whatever. Yeah. And I've let go of all that shit, man. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. That goes for any aspect in life, but... Yeah, uh, I think if I prep for winter, it's gonna be mild. <laughs> yeah, but then at least you like, yeah. But if it is cold, you'd be like, thank God I fucking, <laughs> yeah, thank God I did this. Oh yeah, yeah. You should absolutely. hunt out towards your place, fuck. Sure yeah, you can go into the backwoods around. up there and and yeah. It's so dense though. That's the problem yeah, with BC. A friend of mine that I work with said he went uh, on. He wasn't very far. He was just out of sight of Merritt, I think he said, and and they pulled over on the side of the road, saw a deer, and boom, shot it. There was another one ran by the body, and boom, they shot it again. Like within an hour, he was gutting two deers, <laughs> and they're heading back. Yeah, you, know? and you just uh, get fucked sometimes. It's pure luck, man. Yeah, pure luck. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been myself hunting, but um, I'm definitely super stoked about it. There's so many things that I want to, that I've been saying I was going to do, and and things that I'm interested in and want to dive into. But uh, when you're stuck in addiction, man. All those things well, now you're talking about like learning a language, maybe picking up an instrument. Yeah. Now you're like, oh, uh, this time that I would be addicted, all this addiction shit. Now I can transfer over to like learning something new. Yeah. 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 And I'm pretty deep into the recovery world. I love it. I thrive there. When I'm at a meeting, I just thrive speaking in front of others and uh, and helping people. It's just so natural to me. Yeah. Um, but 
the other things like um like an instrument or speaking language that's just personal passion mm-hmm. you know things that are like bucket list shit you know what i mean like yeah be like because like i know it's a shitty way to think of it but it's like because of you experiencing this like addiction you like found out you're like i'm actually a pretty good public speaker huh yeah like it's a shitty fucking path you had to take to find, to find out, find that out but yeah. you know what i mean like it you're like fuck like shit yeah but now it's like okay well i can't do this so but now i can do this yeah you know like now there's so many so many new doors opening up all the other yeah. doors were closed before and there was only one open even if they were open it was i was scared to go through them or i was um you know self-conscious or afraid of change afraid of um, you know rejection whatever it may be and um the confidence you get through recovery sobriety is like fucking next level so is there like a daily routine now that you almost run yourself through like absolutely like wake up at a certain time maybe Uh, not necessarily a certain time but uh, once i wake up there's certain things i have to do um for myself keep myself centered i do daily readings uh in the morning they're just kind of daily reflections from the nft which is um narcotics anonymous book um the a book and, and, and a book um they have daily books i also have buddhism day by day so it's just basically like um, something to get your day kicked off right yeah. with, right? So I read all three of those. Um, I do a little bit of journaling. I'm, I'm right into like the manifestation thing right now. So I'm into this manifestation journal. I also do just a personal journal about life. Um, and uh, I try and do a morning meditation every morning as well. I have a crazy two-year-old blue-nosed pit bull and... Um, sometimes it's not so easy to sit and read when he's <laughs> yeah, around. He's playing all over you. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's a madman, but, um, but I try and get him out too. Uh, I, it's sometimes difficult with the recovery world and the work chaos to, yeah. um, to get out first thing in the morning with him. But, um, the morning coffee, man, I, I, I'm trying to get off the caffeine. Um, so this health and wellness thing is a, is a path I want to go down to get myself away from, um, all addiction all addi- i would like to cut off all toxins from my body whether it be caffeine nicotine whatever right yeah um baby steps though yeah yeah um yeah coffee is a harder one to quit i did it a while ago and i was like pretty sluggish for a few days i was like holy fuck and you can get like pretty yeah. bad headaches too yeah you, you can like, quit cold turkey yeah but that's usually like what i would do i'd be like oh, i'm done yeah. You know, like, and then you switch towards green tea, but then green tea still has caffeine. But you feel a little better. You're like, oh, there's way more antioxidants. But coffee, like, it, it's not as bad as what, like, most people think. There's a lot of benefits to drinking coffee. Just yeah. people fucking overdo it. Yeah. And it's, um, like, it's like anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, going through treatment, it's like you wake up in the morning, it's like, yeah, this is all I fucking got left, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, give me one fucking thing. Like, <laughs> and, I'm not quitting coffee. And I'm not an opiate guy, right? So, stimulants was my thing. So, you, you get that similar feeling when you drink. Like, I'm totally addicted to Starbucks right now. <laughs> and, uh, and, like, I hit it, like, three times a day. And I'll get, like, a, like five shots of espresso in one drink, oh, right? Jesus. And iced, and I'll just... buzzing. Oh, yeah, you, and that's the thing, Shaking. right? As a stimulants guy, um, you get that similar sort of rush mm-hmm. where it's like, holy fuck, I'm fucking amped up right now. Yeah, right? like, I need to go do something. Yeah, <laughs> and I use that to my advantage, right? Um, I just fucking crush it every day. Every day when I get those shots of espresso and uh, my mental focus is through the um, roof. Yeah, I'm zapping on all cylinders, right? And um, I use that for all aspects of my life, whether it be relationship, whether it be work, uh, whether it be my personal life, whether it be dealing with my dog, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
I use the like when I'm in that amped up zone. I call it the zone. When I'm in a productive mode, I don't stop. Like I just yeah. I power through no matter what the problem is. If I get a shitty phone call or you know, even if I hurt myself or whatever whatever obstacles are in my way, nothing to solve. I'm fucking indestructible when I'm in the zone, right? Feels um, like you need to start working out. Yeah, yeah. Sounds I like started it. getting into it um, <laughs> yeah. when I was in treatment, but the gym was really small. They had like two machines. And it was like every fucking guy there wanted to get in there. Mm-hmm. We were only allowed in certain hours of the day. Um, and for me, I prefer in the morning. Yeah. And so we weren't. We were only able to get in there between the hours of three p.m. and eight p.m. Okay. And so you know, there's fifty guys in a treatment center. So that gym could be chaos at that time. Yeah, yeah. It's. I got no interest in you know the. Um, screaming and throwing the weights around and all that. Like, I prefer to work out alone. Yeah. Um, or just, you know, kind of a quiet. It's well, there's so many things you can do now. Like, with YouTube, you just throw on like a body weight yeah. video. It's 20 minutes, half an hour. It'll yeah. kick the shit out of you. You'll be like, holy fuck, I'm done. Yeah. But, like, any suggestion for me, like, I would go get a body assessment first before you just jump in. Because yeah. a lot of people just jump into programs, they get hurt, and then they stop working out. Yeah. Well, or, you know, I'm 41 years old, man. I'm. I don't want to get fat and I don't want to get hurt. Yeah. So those are kind of two things that, uh, you know, when I am in the gym, I also have bad shoulders. So when I am, uh, when I am working out, I take it easy, man. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm I train for longevity now. Yeah. I don't try and like, sometimes it'll be heavy, Yeah. but like, I'll only like, I know when there's like a good day, bad day where I'm like, yeah, you know what? No, nah, not today. Yeah. Like I'm done. I'm kind of past the point where it's like, go fucking extreme. Like, like, yeah. I love working out. I've been training since high school, and I haven't stopped. It's just, like, yeah. something. It's just life. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, it's – I think that's probably the most important thing is I'd go get a, a body assessment done, probably. Yeah. See what's going on with your shoulders. Maybe you just need some strengthening. Rotator cuffs probably – ligaments are kind of maybe upset, whatever it is. Some yeah. tightness in your chest and your traps and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm But it's all fixable as long as you didn't, haven't had, like, a major injury or I something. I mean, I don't think that I'm past the point of no return in any part of my physical aspect. But mm-hmm. um, um, the shoulder's bad. But, you know, like you said, get an assessment. Yeah. Talk to somebody a little more educated. For sure. Um, I want to see a, a naturopathic doctor. I want to see, you know – there's so many things that I'm looking forward to, and it's super exciting. Yeah. Um, looking forward to where the progress that I made in, in a short amount of time, physically mm-hmm. and mentally, super exciting to think about where I'll be two years from now, five years oh, from fuck. now, ten years from it now. It could right? be a completely different person. Yeah, I feel like a completely different person already, but um, um, it's just so it's every day I wake up excited to tackle the next thing yeah. and excited to look forward to the next um, challenge. Yeah. Like I, I love being out of my comfort zone now, which was before was the exact opposite. Like yeah. You, you just want to stay in your little head sit. down and just go. Yeah. 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 But uh, anytime I have an opportunity to get outside my comfort zone, I jump on that. Yeah. I would probably then go get like some blood tests, see what you're lacking in nutrition wise. Yeah. Kind of balance out, get rid of the bullshit that you're eating, all yeah. that bread, pasta, processed food, seed oils, all that type of stuff, lean towards more whole food. Yeah. If you want to go Mediterranean or, you know, eat more fish, even fucking carnivore. Um, but, yeah, like, that's what I would do. I'd probably go see Drew, get a bunch of blood tests done. Yeah, I noticed you guys touched down on quite a few of these topics yeah. um, with, with Drew's the man. Yeah. Yeah, I can't recommend Drew enough yeah. when it comes to, like, just health and wellness. Because that, yeah. that's the life he lives. He trains hard. He's yeah. fucking, he's a solid dude. Yeah. I've known him since almost elementary and through yeah. Brookswood and stuff. So he's definitely the guy to go see. Yeah. For sure. He'll help you out. 
my good buddy Adam's a kinesiologist and osteopath. He could do a full body assessment, see what's going on with your shoulders. Yeah. So like, yeah, he's been in here a few times. I just saw him this morning. I got plantar fasciitis in both my fucking feet right now. Really? I'm like, fuck. He's like, how'd you do this? I'm like, I don't know, man. It's <laughs> like something else. Yeah. But he's got like shockwave machine, like manipulation of the bones. Like he's the most like intelligent person i've ever met when it comes to the human body it's yeah. super impressive so it's like i always recommend like any person that i like you know in my trade world like my drywaller andrew great guy i'm like dude like he i finished off like a shed now in his backyard that he's putting his infrared sauna in and spin bike yeah. in and stuff and andrew had to go there and do the drywall i'm like this is my buddy adams the kinesiologist and the osteopath i'm like go fucking see him about your back and then he texts me like a week later. He's like, dude, you weren't joking. Because I know when people are like, oh, yeah, I got a guy. I'm like, no, this is the guy to go fucking see. Like, right. I've gone through physio all the way through Langley and Brookswood. Yeah. This guy is the fucking man. Yeah. I was like, go see him. And like, uh, my buddy that plums the cold plunge tanks, uh, Luke from Ocean Wave Pools, he fucking, he had a back problem too. Went to see Adam twice. He's like, dude, he fixed me. Yeah. He's like, I don't, I don't know what he fucking did, but he fit. I'm like, yeah, dude. I'm like, just, I've sent so many people his way. I'm like, yeah. he'll, fu- he'll figure you out, man. Whatever you got going on, he'll fucking figure you out. Yeah, I, like, s- I spent so many years being closed-minded to so many of those things, Yeah, like health and wellness in particular. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I'm just – I'm so open to try new things mm-hmm. and find out what's going on inside my body. Yeah. I want to, to reach my peak physical health possible. And, um, you know, I need to pick the brain of people like yourself and people like Drew. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just um, – I have this thirst for knowledge now and this yeah. thirst for health and wellness and uh, education and just so many things, man. And I'm just, um, like, why, why wouldn't you want to wake up and feel like energized? Feeling amazing. Like feeling amazing. Yeah. Like why, why don't you want to feel like that all the time without yeah. taking anything? Yeah. You know, like supplements I find are kind of necessary these days because of the lack of yeah. nutrients in the food. Um, unless you're eating like pure organic and I, like, for have, the most part, know, I have a pretty good diet. Like I, I eat fairly healthy. Yeah. I love a good burger like anyone yeah. else. And, um, but for the most part, I build nice salads every night. Um, you know, I, I eat a lot of fish, yeah. a lot of seafood, a lot of Asian food. Um, you know, not a ton of fried food. Yeah. Um, so for the most part, I have somewhat. Um, I eat somewhat healthy. Um, I don't drink any pop. Yeah. Nothing like that. It's like kombucha and yeah. um, you know water. Yeah. Shit like that. You're good. Protein shake, shit like that. But. Um, so for the most part, it's somewhat healthy, but I just want to dial it in a little bit more, yeah. right? It'd be good to get blood tests then, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I went and got a food allergy test just because I wanted to understand my body more, like what you're yeah. talking about. And it came back egg whites. And I, I used to eat three really? or four eggs a day for years. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck. I was like, I don't feel any different. Drew's like, stop eating eggs for like three weeks and then try to eat an egg again. I ate an egg again. I was like sitting on the toilet like 10 minutes later. I'm like, fuck, he's right. <laughs> But it's only egg whites. Yeah. Yolk I can eat. Oh, yeah. It's just the egg whites. Yeah. I'm like, shit. Isn't and that, that's crazy to me to think of like one little tiny tweak of your diet can, can yeah. have and such a Yeah, difference. if I eat an egg now, I'm like, oh, I'm going to pay for this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, but I've, I've played around with, like I did keto for a little while and then I did carnivore for like a month, which is like What's a tough that? way to strictly meat. It's it. Nothing else. That must be tough to it's like, do. Any, it, any of those diets must be tough. Like I, Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's like a sure. lifestyle almost. You like if I get something it. next week and I get it all butchered up and I got like 100 pounds of meat, I'm switching to carnivore like that. Right. Because like I when I did it for a month, endless energy. Wake up fully charged. Slept like a baby. Yeah. Attitude is better. Better ideas. Like <laughs> I just functioned 
Yeah. Like at a hundred percent all the time. Yeah. Like I felt like I was high. I was like, this is crazy how much energy I have. On the carnivore diet. Yeah. It was wow. fucking crazy. Wow. Yeah. And I like, mean, I love meat, man. I love, uh, I love it of, of all. But kinds. every day, all day. Might get a little much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah. It does. But you, you find yourself not eating as much food. So with the carnivore diet, it's just meat. Just meat. You don't go. You like can have a little bit of fruit, like dairy products, or any like, like you're just products beef. that are derived from animals. It's just meat only. Just meat. Yeah. Wow, but you know, you, you can eat eggs and stuff. You can have like a little bit of fruit. Yeah. Like if you're a hardcore carnivore, it's just strictly meat. But then you can kind of introduce like, you know, honey and like maybe you're like grass fed, grass finished, like. Um, like raw milk, sort of stuff like that. Right. But like I know a lot of like dairy can upset people's stomach, but raw milk most of the time doesn't because it's still full of all the good stuff. Not like it's not stripped. It's not stripped away when they yeah. bake it at ten thousand degrees. <laughs> yeah. Like I saw a video the other day of this girl with breast milk, cow's milk, and then raw milk. And she put it under like a mini telescope. Yeah. And it had you could see all the like the nutrients in it. Breast milk was like off the fucking chart. Because it wow. is literally one of the best things that you can have. Yeah. Um, and then it had like the dairy milk was like completely stripped, and then the raw milk was like not not as dense as like the breast milk, but it was still really high. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit! Like, but raw milk's fucking illegal in Canada. So. Yeah the the laws and and um, restrictions on some of the food. Well, it seems like anything these days. Yeah. They're putting censorship on podcasts in Canada now if you make yeah. over $10 million a year off it. I'm like, well, I'm not, I haven't made one penny, so I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck it. But like all these uh, big podcasts, like they're going to get censored in and Canada. Censored or, or just like taxed? I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah. I don't see how you can tax someone that doesn't fucking live in the country. Yeah. Like, how does that work? Like, the whole Canadian right. media content, too. Like, that yeah. being stripped away, too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's why I fucking love Elon, because, like, Elon put, well, I guess it's called X now, not Twitter. But uh, what did he do to CBC? Like, if like, 70% owned by the government or something like that. So he put that as their title. And like they wanted to take it off, so then he switched it down to sixty nine or something like that. <laughs> like wow. he's a fascinating. Guy. I fucking I actually love just him. Bought man. a book about him, and uh, yeah, he's I'm, great. Yeah, he's a super fascinating guy. Well, Rogan asked him. He's like, you know, why did you buy Twitter? Mm-hmm. Forty four billion dollars you fucking spent to buy Twitter. And like he likes to pause. Like you won't hear anything for like five ten seconds sometimes when he's yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. And he said he bought it literally because he thinks it'll help humanity. And he's kind of right because it was so fucking corrupted. Yeah. And like blocking people and fucking, you know, all that type of shit that was going on kind of more during the pandemic and still yeah. until he bought yeah. it. And he was yeah. realizing like, oh, my God, you guys are fucking far, far left. Yeah. You know, like, holy shit. And now it's like completely lifted and kind of back to normal. The social but. media thing, man, I, I disagree with it 100%. Um, yeah, it's pretty you know, messed like up. I get it. Some people, you know. Um, marketing fan, and everything. Marketing, yeah. Marketing your business or whatever, advertising. And, you know, say you have family living far away from you, whatever, you stay connected. But um, I think that I have maintained some of the health that I have because I'm no, not 100%. on social media. 100%. Uh, I've never had Facebook, never had Twitter, never had any of it. And, yeah. Uh, I am on uh, TikTok, which I uh, I'm not too thing? thrilled to even admit that. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't have TikTok. <laughs> but it's just about, uh, for me, it's just about um, 
motivational and wellness and, and, yeah. uh, you know, um, st- stuff along those lines. Right. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, I've never had Facebook or, or Instagram. You're not or really Snapchat missing much or like, anything. Like some people are locked to their phones, man. And that shit is so unhealthy mm-hmm. to just be glued to your phone. Like right before bed and you spend three hours scrolling through senseless videos. Yeah. I have, ins- I have no Facebook on my phone, no Twitter. Um, I don't have TikTok. I have Instagram, and then I set it for 30 minutes a day, and that's all I get. And then yeah. my phone charges in the kitchen at night. Yeah. And then I use my old phone, which has, like, pretty much no apps, and then it just sets to vibrate, and that's my alarm. And then I have to – I put it about seven feet away from me. Yeah, I so heard you mention that in some of your other Yeah, podcasts, so I get so up, and I have to turn it off. So you get out of bed. Let's go. Right. You let's don't go put time. it beside yourself. No. It's just so Nothing. You I'm not cruising off. on it before bed. But, like, when, I, when my head hits the pillow, like – my wife's always making fun of me because she can always tell when I'm tired because I have wrinkles in my forehead because I'm trying to hold my eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, just go to sleep. And I'm like, just fucking pass out. Yeah. Like, because I'm so exhausted at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, like I'm so physically spent, mentally spent. Yeah. Like, that's the one thing I'm I'm grateful for is like a lot of people have trouble sleeping, man. A lot of people have trouble sleeping. You know, I've, I've had ups and downs with that as well mm-hmm. um, in regards to recovery and um, and being in addiction and stuff like that. Obviously, you know, being a stimulants guy, um, sleep, uh, you lack sleep a lot when you're in, when you're in it, but, um, being sober, you go through these, you go through these spells of where, where you can't sleep at all. And you'll be like, I call it zombie mode where the more exhausted I am, the harder it is to sleep because you're thinking about it and thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I need to get to sleep. We got this to do tomorrow. got this to yeah. do tomorrow. And so you, you can't, overthink, you overthink yeah. it. Yeah. So as soon as you start letting that go, um, you know, for the most part, I sleep like a baby, mm-hmm. but I'm like you, man. I, I run like I'm very, very busy. Yeah. Um, with work, with recovery, with, you know, my dog was so and so, or you know, on yeah. and on and on. Right. You got shit so, going on. Yeah, yeah, very busy. I ke- and I keep myself busy, and I love it. I love being that busy. I love, um, the you grind. Know, the grind. Yeah, I fucking love it. I can't sit still. I think we mentioned it in the sauna where it's like, I can't sit still. My counselor in treatment asked me, "When was the last time?" You did nothing and found benefit from it. And I'm like, uh, I don't know when the last time I did nothing is. And I guess the float tank is what my answer was. You don't have a choice. <laughs> but it's productive. You're still doing something productive. Yes. Though, right? yeah. So, yes, I'm doing nothing, but I'm still doing well, same something with sauna, productive. Right? You same sit there. Sauna, it's like yeah. a cardio exercise. Yeah. It's The benefits yeah. for sauna are through the roof. So if I can do nothing and still be productive, it's win-win. Yeah, right? like that. I, I figured... The last couple of years, like I've been self-employed for quite a few years now, and it's like I have to leave the country to relax. Yeah, like I, I have to go that. down to Palm Springs to the in-laws' house. I get up, you know, I'll cuddle with the kids on the couch, yeah. you know, watch cartoons, and then Katie gets up. I'll be like, "Gym, drive to the gym, come back," and I'm like, "Great, I have nothing to do now." <laughs> I'm like, "Perfect." Do you this like? Do you like that? Or are you uncomfortable it, with it? It's hard. It's so it's hard. hard for me. Like man. even like she so can hard. sit by a pool and read all day. I can see I can't all do that. day. I'm like sit by the pool for like 20 minutes, sit up and like looking around. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I, I can't fucking yeah, do this. Like pacing. I'll call like her down. Be like, you need anything done at the house? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You want new door handles on the cabinets? I'll put them on. Yeah. Like, and I did that. Yeah. Fucking drive to Home Depot. I'm like, what do you want? Like yeah. fucking. No, I'm totally the same way, man. I, I cannot sit still. Yeah. Like, like I've gotten better. I've gotten better. Like, you know, just with kids will always keep you occupied, especially around water. It's yeah. like your eyes are always on them. Right. So yeah. it's like I'll be playing in the pool with the kids and yeah. the, we're heading there. They're heading there this month and then I'm meeting them down there a week later in early December. Yeah. But we're doing Disneyland for the day. Okay. You know, like, that, your mind's not going to stop there. 
three kids. No, no, we're, we're well, we're getting up early. Swivel. Yeah, we're getting up early driving there because yeah. it's not really that far from Palm Springs. And then uh, we're just doing the whole day and then mm-hmm. fucking driving all the way back at night. So it's going to be a long yeah. fucking day. Yeah, you're going to have those wrinkles in your forehead. Oh, right? yeah. She's like, I'll <laughs> drive home. I was like, nah, like, have you driven on the fucking highways down here? They're pretty nutty compared to back home. Oh, they definitely are. <laughs> like, f- fucking eight lanes. You're like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. Like, we have to get at that exit. You're like, what? <laughs> like, there's like that 10,000 cars on the road. Pieces of cars all over the oh, highway. Yeah. Shit. It's yeah. such a different way of fucking. Oh, definitely. But like, I, I, I really like Palm Springs. It's like. It's just so chill, man. I like Palm Springs. Nice I've been warm. down there a few times. It's just you hang out. You get Trader Joe's. You're like, fuck, let's go back yeah. to the pool. Like, you ever been down there in the summertime? Oh yeah, it's super hot. Yeah, oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like AC's running in the house. <laughs> yeah. No heat on in the pool because it's yeah. like, oh, it's 44 degrees out today. <laughs> like the kid, like it's too hot. Like I did it once. I won't do it again. Not yeah. with kids. It's too fucking yeah, hot I for them. Yeah, I can see that with the kids. They just want to be outside in the pool and yeah. all that shit. Yeah. Like, when it's, like, 25, 26, you're like, this is perfect. Yeah. Like, I just want to lay yeah. here. Yeah, I'm big on golf. It's one of my meditative things I do, too. And uh, I've actually been down there with your brother. Arizona in the wintertime. Yeah. Like, February-ish. Yeah. Oh, it's so gorgeous. 25 degrees the whole time. Like, sunny the it's whole like time. like, perfect weather. Absolutely perfect. Like, anything yeah. above, like... 32 33 like oh, this is kind of getting starting to get on. pretty intense but that's where like the sauna came in help a lot with me like the heat wave when it was like 40 degrees i was still going on that thing during during the week no problem yeah. i'd step outside it's like 30 degrees i'm like oh i'm sweating even more now <laughs> but like if i'm working out in the sun i'd be like fuck it's hot i'd be like not as hot as the sauna and like yeah. that mental kind of change like dealing with cold too if mm-hmm. i'm cold i get cold easy still like if I'm out in the woods, or yeah. we went golfing a couple of years ago, and I was in a cart with a buddy, and I was like, I was like, man, it's fucking cold. He's like, you sit in a goddamn ice <laughs> bath. How are you cold? I'm like, I still get cold, man. Yeah. I was like, I I don't know. Like it's yeah. I don't have a lot of fat on me. It's not a lot of insulation <laughs> on me, man. Like I still get cold. Yeah, yeah. I I think that um, the cold plunge thing. I think it's more of like a, a mental strength thing too, right? Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, yeah, you're still going to get cold when you're out there. And, man, I've had some some times on the golf course where you're, like, fucking shivering. Yeah, hands are, like, red. Yeah. Trying to hit a golf club. Yeah. You're like, fuck. Yeah, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what do you, what are your plans then, like, for the next year? Like, are you setting goals, like, what you want to achieve at all? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I set, uh, I set daily goals. I set weekly goals, monthly goals, and definitely, definitely yearly ones. Is that sure. exhausting? It can be. Yeah, like mentally straining. It like, fuck, be. I got this other goal. Yeah, I know. I've, I've, I've learned to set um, achievable goals, realistic yeah. goals. Like, don't set the bar too high, man. Um, because especially in recovery, like, when you set the bar really high, you, the tendency is if you don't accomplish that goal to let yourself down, and then mm-hmm. you can get into a bad space mentally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I try not to set the bar too high, but I definitely set, I set goals, yeah daily almost right yeah um the main goal is not let shit bother me <laughs> yeah <laughs> stay no <shit>. sober <laughs> yeah that's the big one obviously yeah yeah definitely um you know as far as relationships like my my personal life's complicated as far as relationships go so i don't uh you know i'm not a dad you know i have a i have a stepson with my ex and so um you know 41 years old i've you know, it's either shit or get off the pot as far as parenthood goes. Mm-hmm. But I'm not in a serious relationship. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, uh, you know, I've 
man, I, I've been up and down about this, about the subject of, of, of being a parent, mm-hmm. um, because I lost my dad at a young age and, um, you know, I was raised by my stepdad. So, um, I'm, I'm still very close with my, with my ex's boy. So I'm okay with that. Um, as far as biz- business is probably where I set the most goals. Um, so I'm looking forward to, I got a couple of new ventures that I'm, that I'm diving into right now. So, yep. um, that would probably be where I set the most, the most goals. And now, now that I'm getting into this, uh, health and wellness thing, I'm, um, I set goals, um, uh, for myself physically. Yeah. Um, those are the big the ones. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, getting on in age and, um, just, just, um, diving down this, um, recovery path. Um, I find myself every single day being more focused mentally, um, and physically. So, um, that's, I set my, I set goals for that, um, almost daily as well. Yeah. So nice. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, the big one will be physically, I think now. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I said, moving forward, I, I want to be at peak physical health every single day. Sorry. I apologize for keeping <laughs> my phone on, but, uh, no worries. yeah, sometimes I have to answer those calls, man. When they come in, it's. Nine one one. I got to <laughs> drop what I'm doing, and and uh, you know, um, that's just part of the recovery world. Um, yeah. When people you know come to you for advice, or when they're stressed out, or having a bad day, you kind of just. Um, so could you then be? What's that guy called again to you? Your sponsor? Yeah. Do you think you'd be a sponsor um, one day? I uh, I would love to be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's definitely one of my goals is to become a sponsor. Um, you know, I need to dive into the step work, the NA steps a little bit further. And um, so the idea of a sponsor is that um, it's someone that has a working knowledge of, of doing the steps. I have done AA steps, but not mm-hmm. NA. Um, so I'm looking forward to, um, I need to know the book front Inside and back. Inside now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you want to know what you're talking about when, yeah. when, when you're a sponsor and someone comes to you. Um, what's this mean? What does this mean? You need to know what the fuck you're talking about, or you're just kind of just the blind leading the blind, right? Well, I feel like if some guy calls you, it's, it could almost be life or death for that person. It, it is. Line. It is. It's a big responsibility, especially with with what's going on out there right now, the fentanyl and all oh, like yeah. opioid crisis, right? It's life or death. I think over a hundred thousand people. people died in the states alone last year. Yeah, hundred three people are dying every like day, right around the corner from here. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's everywhere, and there's worse shit coming there. There's worse shit that's that's started down in Mexico now. It's all up here and yeah, I heard there's shit that was like a hundred times more powerful than fentanyl. It's like what? Yeah, there's trans and like, stuff like what? that now, and uh, people people haven't even heard those words and those terms yet. Um, but it's here and it's killing people, right? Um, you don't hear about it on mainstream media and stuff, but um, yeah, man, people are dying. Like I said in the treatment center, um, you know, someone passed away inside the treatment center with us, right? Um, yeah, it's everywhere. You know, you think when you go to treatment that you're safe, and I'm not gonna say anything bad about the treatment center because it changed my fucking life. That the staff are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a game changer. It was a life changer. But um, the facts are about addiction these days is that it's a fucking dangerous game, and it's everywhere you look, and it's in places where you would least suspect it being. And people are dying in places le- where you would least expect it. It's like a Russian roulette. Yeah, with like five you take one hit. Gun. Yeah, it's you like know? you don't know if it's been tainted or fuck whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's a, it's a whole new ball game compared to where it was, you know, fifteen years ago or even ten years ago, right? Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's pretty fucking real out there for a lot of people, right? Scary. And very, it's gotten worse very. in the last three years. Like actually, after the whole COVID thing, it seems like 
you just saw more and more people on the streets. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's kind of the way the way it goes uh, in society right now. Everything's so fucking expensive, and uh-huh. you know, people just get down on themselves if they lose their home or you know their wife leaves them and they can't afford child support. Like, it's tough out there, man. So I have to get off the internet. People, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like <laughs> my YouTube feed. I'm like, fuck, man, Palestine. I'm like, oh, war, shooting. I'm like. Fuck, man. Yeah. I'm I like, don't even entertain that at all. Yeah. Um, it's like, like Jesus. You know, I have people in my life that conspiracy theory thing. Oh, yeah. You go they, deep. They talk politics and they're like, this and that and Trudeau, this. I don't give a fuck, man. I don't care. I, I don't delve into that because at the, in the end of the day, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Right? It's pure negativity. And yeah. when you start, and on the, on the internet, I'm a believer that um, like these algorithms, when oh, you yeah. look up shit and it keeps pumping you full of it, and the advertisements are similar to what you've looked up. Yeah, whatever. I think the human brain works works similarly um, as far as algorithms go. I won't watch. I won't watch the news. I've watched the news, fucking five years. Yeah, I don't like, watch. News. And I don't go on social media. I don't entertain anything negative. I don't watch like old gangster movies. I don't. I don't listen to like negative music. You know, like I I I, I pump myself full of positivity and yeah. uh, and recovery and health and i think that naturally that's where i end up gravitating towards um in all aspects of my life is because i because i don't entertain any of that shit anymore like um someone in my life i, I work with them and and i come in and he's like oh world war three is coming all this and it was like why oh, why 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 bother yourself with this why work yourself up about mm-hmm. something you have no control over whether it happens or not you know what I mean? It's not going to change your life, and and it's it's putting these negative things into your mind, and so that you're going to think negatively, and negative things are going to happen in your life, and it's just I just I'm, I'm just tired, man. It's exhausting. It's so exhausting. Yeah, like once in a while I have to give myself breaks from podcasts because I was like, man, this is fucking so intense. To yeah. Does it to. does it get tough like coming up with like lines of questioning for people and uh, sometimes like if. If someone's coming on like Drew, who's super knowledgeable about what he knows, like I, I'll have, I'll be laying in bed and be, like, oh fuck, that's a question. Like I'll run out to the kitchen and say it you into my it phone. Oh, okay, I yeah. say it into my phone. Or if I'm driving, I'm like, oh, make a note. Yeah. Uh, Drew, question. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like, and I'll just say that. But like for a conversation like this, I knew it was gonna be something that would just flow. Yeah. You know, like, but if I'm speaking to someone who's like a physician or something or like a politician, I'm like, fuck, I kind of does need that get to be intimidating. When you're talking to someone uh, like of that kind of caliber, a little bit, yeah, yeah, not so much if I know him, like Adam or Drew, towards mm-hmm. like the health and fitness, or like my, my buddy Ryan that's been in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I talk to someone like I've never met, you know, or I'll be like, if I like if I talk to this marriage counselor that I'm hoping to have on, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. But I'll it'll if if I'm really interested in, like, just say, you know, I've been married since 2014. Now, it's like I've, we've kind of been through. We haven't really had any tough years. Our marriage is, is really good. But it'll be interesting to pick his brain a little bit about, you know, the, the social aspects of, like, pornography now and how accessible it is to mm-hmm. a marriage and uh, what's it like raising kids in 2023 versus, like, 2013 mm-hmm. or even how we when we grew up early 2000s, like, uh, you know, men versus women in a relationship. Like, because I'd be interested to ask, like, these questions constantly, like, just pop into my head if I'm working or driving or whatever. Yeah. I'll just say them into my phone, and I'm hoping you might be able to come on next or this month or like around Christmas time. I'll have fucking forty questions for him, and right. I won't get to 
two thirds of them. Right. Because yeah. like we'll talk about a bunch and then we'll kind of steer off. And, and I then think we'll that's a topic that you're interested in that's relatable to your life right now. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I'm married with kids and you know all that type of stuff and trying yeah. to start new businesses like and you look around at your friends' relationships and you go, huh, that's interesting. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like I'm really interested in, like I've been listening to this like uh, sexologist talking about sex and importance of a relationship and stuff. And it's like fucking fascinating stuff. Yeah. Because now like we're in that phase of marriage where it's like, oh, like what do you like? We're old enough now (laughs) to like question like, hey, I don't fucking know everything. (laughs) I'm not like in your 20s. Where you think you're like, I'm the fucking man, I'm sleeping with so... It's like, you don't know shit. Yeah. You don't even know... Yeah. Like, you don't know <laughs> anything yet. Huh. Not until you're married and you truly get... Would you be with your wife for almost 10 years? You truly mm-hmm. know her desires and what she likes. And it's like, well, it oh, shit. shit. Yeah, like that, that's yeah. the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's when you start playing around and stuff. And that it'd be cool to talk to a sexologist. It'd be super interesting. Yeah, I you, think... Uh, you know, my only longest relationship was with my ex. It was nine, nine and a half years. And I actually mentioned this quite a few times to people. We had this conversation. I think communication is at the utmost key to, For a, sure. to a long relationship. And we had this conversation about chicken wings. And it's kind of stupid, but we um, we were splitting these chicken wings one night. And I'm like, fuck, give me that drum, right? And we, we had this discussion where... We found out about each other. This was right at the tail end of our relationship. We're like nine <laughs> years in. That she likes the wings and I like the drums. And this entire time, out of courteous respect for each other, we've been splitting up the chicken wings the whole time. Yeah. And so I'm like, this entire time, we could have been enjoying chicken wings that much more if we would have just communicated about yeah. it, right? And I think that goes, it's kind of a, a stupid small thing. But, um, you know, I think that if you get those conversations out right away, mm-hmm. um, the awkwardness and the... You know, it can something small like that can build bitterness over time, right? Oh, for something so small too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, it's kind of funny that we have we still to this day have the discussion about the chicken wings, <laughs> and, and uh, anytime, um, anytime anything comes up, it's just like, hey, let's get this out in the open right now. Well, that'd be the interesting part about dating later in life, because you know exactly what you're like. You're like, I got no time for bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Like, what do you like? What do you don't like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's out of the bed you sleep on? What yeah. time do you get up? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah. hey, you do what? Yeah, no, fuck it. This ain't yeah. going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Do It'd be like tough to date this drums thing. or the wings? Yeah. Let's get this Yeah. Are yeah. you a drum girl or a wing girl? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, she's like, yeah. drum, like, you're out. Yeah. And for me, it goes for kind of any relationship in my life. I don't have time for bullshit. Yeah, um, any bullshit. Any bullshit. Drama. Anything, man. Anything. I don't do drama. Oh, I don't do fuck. jealousy. I shut that shit down right away, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's interesting thing. when you hear drama, you're like, oh, that sucks. Glad it wasn't me. <laughs> you're just yeah. like, nope. Yeah. I'm yeah, good. I, I, I don't entertain that for a single second, man. Yeah. Drama and, uh, and jealousy and just what people are doing and saying. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm focused on myself and my family and my friends and. And, uh, you know, being happy. Like, isn't that what we all want in the end? Yeah, just to be, be happy. and happy, man. Which seems to be harder and harder to find. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, because I think you're discovering, like, you just truly want to help people. That is definitely my passion. It's yeah. definitely... Um, I think it's most people's passions. Yeah, I think so, too. Without knowing. Um, and you might not know it. For years, I didn't know it. Like, uh, like we spoke earlier about... Um, you know, the first time I was at a meeting and I was asked to share, I was literally trembling with fear. Uh-huh. And as soon as I started speaking, it just all flowed out of me, right? And uh, to the point where the first time I was in treatment, it was like I was like two weeks in and I was like the counselor's assistant. Um, so it was just it just came naturally like a fish in water, right? Like I just it was just something 
oh, excuse me, that I found out about myself that um, there's always challenges to it, but I, but I, it was just natural and easy. It was just, it's just who I am now, right? If yeah. anyone calls me struggling about anything in their life, whether they have uh, substance issues or not, you know, I'm I'm able to calm them down until I have a friend up uh, um, in Salmon Arm. Um, we met in treatment, and we still we're still close to this day. And mm-hmm. um, I've discussed with you about uh, we want to start a recovery based podcast. And uh, sometimes she'll get really worked up about whatever's going on in her life, and she'll call me, and she's like, "It doesn't even matter what you say; it's the tone of your voice, it's the it's yeah. the way you present yourself, and and you're just calming." And I can be freaking out and having a real bad day, and I'll call you, and you know th- that stress and, and anxiety just melts away. Um, it's kind of amazing. It is pretty it's pretty st- cool. It, it is really cool, man, yeah. to be able to have that effect on people. And yeah. um, I thrive in that. I thrive in that way. Some of the people in the treatment center I was at, and I had a couple guys come up to me and say, "Do you work here? You know, like, are you a counselor here?" And I'm like, "No." Like you um, should be, you know. I, I'm I'm two doors down from you. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> we're in the yeah. same boat, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I might be sitting up a little further than you, but you know. Yeah, yeah. And there's uh there's this one guy in there, and um, he's real big into like um, energy frequencies and and um, you know, like the energy that a human being puts off. And so we started this study group where we study the NA basic text. And I showed up about 15 minutes late one night. And um, everyone's chatting, talking. There, we we read a little bit from the book, and then we share. And I came in, and I started, and I started talking. It was just like, just like a regular Wednesday night to me, right? And then when I left, I had this deep conversation with the guy, and he's like, "Man, when you were speaking, the energy in the room started lifting. I could see your light getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And so it was like, it was like um, something was happening to me, and something was happening to the other people in the room mm-hmm. when." when I was touching on some of these subjects and it was like, they're really taking to this and they're really absorbing this. And I'm really, um, finding a f- some sort of natural knack that I have. Hmm. Um, and I almost don't even like speaking about myself like this cause it kind of takes away from it. But, um, I absolutely love it, man. I thrive in that zone. Um, I love seeing uh, positive change in people's lives. And, uh, and I'm totally addicted to that now. And, um, you know, I look forward to many, many more days and years and months of, of um, you know, speaking at meetings and, um, and just helping people work through their shit because it, yeah. fuck, man, it's, it helps me. There's, there's no feeling like it when you see something click in somebody and, they, and then their life turns in a positive direction. It's yeah. It's a really spectacular feeling. Well, it's amazing, man. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. That's thank amazing. You. Thank you. And yeah, I think that's a great way to end it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. Had that a great awesome. time. I was super excited to be here. And um yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. we'll have you again, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was great. Thank you very much. And yeah. uh, I wish nothing but luck for you. I see a very positive future. Yeah. Appreciate and, uh, that. If man. you reach out to Drew, I can always just send you his number. Yeah, and for then, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a caveman. Like I said, I'm not on the social media. Yeah, yeah. So. I can even send, I can let Ab know that you might call him for body assessment and stuff. He just lives up uh, over by Sheldon, actually. For sure. So, yeah. yeah. Much appreciated. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks, bro. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoy the combo and catch you on the next one.